0: Hey, this is Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and today I wanted to put out a follow-up episode to my last one as the whole FTX collapse continues to unfold and more and more details come out along with BlockFi as well and just some of the crazy stuff that's been going on. I also wanted to touch a bit more on self-custodying your Bitcoin, particularly if you have a significant amount of your net worth or just a lot that you don't want to lose and you're really serious about self-custody. There's a way to do it called multi-signature, and I'm going to try to explain that as best as I can and provide a few resources for that. But first, I have a quick correction to my episode 52, which was about the joy of missing out, or JOMO. My father-in-law pointed out that caffeine is not a diuretic, and soda, therefore, is not necessarily a diuretic. There's a lot of studies that have gone into this, and I'm not a health expert, Um, regardless. Of it not being true I'm still glad that I was under the impression that it was because it helped me avoid a lot of the drinks that I just don't have any desire to try or have and I'm fine missing out on on those caffeinated beverages or these other sodas but I am glad that my father-in-law is listening and he pointed that out and taught me something new all right now getting into the whole BlockFi FTX collapse there are a few updates that I wanted to go over and First thing I wanted to know is that the BlockFi credit card is no longer working, from what I understand. I can no longer charge it. It's been deactivated from the bank that issues it, which is called Evolve Bank. So I can no longer charge that card. And I don't know if it'll ever work again. But either way, I'm probably going to be done with it because I have the Fold card and I know I've done some episodes on that. So you can go back in the episodes and look for how I've explained the Fold prepaid debit card, which has been. I think, better than the BlockFi card in a lot of ways. I often get more than 1.5% back on a lot of some of my bigger purchases. And I pay my mortgage, my water, and my electric bill with this prepaid debit card and get rewards for things that most people just pay and get nothing, not even credit card points. So, love the Fold card. Another interesting thing that I've been seeing is that possibly there are issues with another exchange called Crypto.com. If you watch the Super Bowl, you may have seen the commercial with Matt Damon where he talks about fortune favors the brave. But there was this thing where supposedly they sent a bunch of Ethereum to the wrong address, although it was a whitelisted address. I also saw another thought where they sent it to another exchange right before that exchange had an audit just to kind of pump up their reserves and their books, and then it came back. But it seems like not all of it came back. There was a fee or something like that. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I will say crypto.com has a lot of resemblance to FDX. They have a stadium that they have a name on. They spent huge on the Super Bowl ad. It's just a really similar business model. You can earn yield there. And I actually signed up because at the time they said they would give you $25 if you signed up for an account. And I thought that would be in Bitcoin. But instead, it was in their utility token, which is called CRO, which is the crypto.com token similar to FTX issuing FTT. So I want to address really quick these utility tokens. I know I've covered them early on in the podcast, but there's a problem with these tokens because what they essentially did is they printed FTT out of thin air. They created this token out of thin air, similar to how the dollar is printed out of thin air. Uh, The problem is that we just don't have the adoption of these tokens at the level where it makes sense. And there's so many. I mean, there's 20,000 tokens out there right now, cryptocurrencies. And the thing is, is that these tokens were pre-mined, meaning that if you worked at the company, if you were the owner of the company, if you were one of the people that that built it and issued it, you got a pre-mined set amount where you didn't have to earn it. It just landed in your lap. And then they go and sell their token to the market and they will give you lower fees on loans or higher interest on yield products that they have. Um, like Crypto.com and FTX have done, where they loan out your crypto. Supposedly, turns out that's not what FTX was doing, but supposedly that's what they're doing, is loaning it out and then earning more interest and then giving you a bunch of interest. But anyway, my main point is, this is the whole problem with FTX, is they printed their own money and then they sold it to the market and it was pre-mined. It's basically an unregistered security according to the Uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, and then they collateralized their made-up money. And so when people start to flee FTX and they start to sell FTT, well, it ends up collapsing that currency, and that's where everything goes wrong. Now, the CEO of Binance also came out and said something interesting. Uh, He's basically warning that other exchanges could fail, and he actually said about four or five other firms have approached him And talked about possibly getting help before things go crazy like they did with FTX. So that's another thing just to watch out for. We don't know exactly which exchanges those are. It hasn't been said. But just know that there could be some contagion effect if things continue to go a certain way. I also wanted to follow up with episode 53 where I mentioned that Strike was having some issues with the spread, which is normally really small. I believe their normal spread is .02 or .03%, somewhere in that range, and it ended up being like a 3 to 4% spread. And what I thought was really cool is that they credited my account $3 because when it was dropping down to 16,000 and 15,000, I ended up buying I think $50 of Bitcoin and then $20, and apparently my spread was a lot higher and they paid me back for that problem. Another reason why I think Strike is awesome now, I'm a dabbler, and I have an account at a few other exchanges that maybe are not as popular, maybe ones that you haven't heard, but obviously Coinbase you've heard from. They sent out this email talking about their security and how they're a publicly traded company, and therefore they're a lot more transparent and you know, just what sets them apart, basically that they're safe. And then there's this other one called BAKT, which is spelled B-A-K-K-T. Um, they have something with a credit card or a debit card as well. I have an account. I haven't really looked at it. They also support ethereum uh but they sent me an email about they're okay. I guess you know it's kind of funny. I got one from Leden, another exchange that does some lending and some interest, and I got some from Gemini. Now I did have a Gemini account for a while. I never had a lot on there, but I ended up pulling everything that I did have out months and months ago when I got out of Celsius and Voyager because I was scared of anything that was offering this yield. So those are a few updates that I wanted to go over. Now, continuing this topic of self-custody, if you haven't listened to my last episode, probably start there with episode 53. So with self-custody, just to go back over some of the basics, instead of relying on some centralized exchange like FTX, Voyager, Celsius, Coinbase, or any of these other companies to hold and custody your crypto for you or your Bitcoin for you, you instead are going to Custody it yourself. And so all the power to send and receive that crypto is in your hands. And if you lose the key to it, it's all on you. Uh, I talked about how you could do this with software. And I mentioned the MUN wallet, which I realized I spelled wrong on the last episode, but it's M U U N. But that's a software wallet where you can set it up on your phone. Now, this is called a hot wallet. And a hot wallet is a wallet that is connected to the internet. So because it's on my phone, it can get hacked a little bit easier because I'm connected to the internet and my phone could be hacked. I could have a SIM swap or I could have some other way of getting hacked possibly. So that's one risk that you have with a software wallet. There are other wallets you can get on your computer. There are apps you can get. There are browser extensions you can get to hold your Bitcoin. And these are hot wallets. Now, cold storage or a cold wallet, is something that is not connected to the Internet, and that's when I talked about the Ledger, the Trezor, or the cold card. These are cold wallets that are not connected to the Internet. Um, With the Ledger and the Trezor, I've got experience with both of them, you end up buying that device, ideally straight from the manufacturer, to avoid getting a tampered unit, and then you plug it into your computer. So it is connected at some point, I believe, to the Internet. It generates that wallet for you on the blockchain not actually on the device itself. And now you have the key to your own wallet and you have to custody these 12 or 24 words. This is where it gets tricky because if you lose those keys, that's it. Game over. So that's a problem for a lot of people. If you have a lot of your network tied up in Bitcoin or you think it's going to go up a lot and you don't want to risk it at all and you want to go into cold storage, what I would have you consider is something called multi-signature. And this is where instead of having one key to your house, you have three keys and you need two out of three to transact. There's another way you can do it with three out of five keys. And maybe I touched on this in my last episode. I can't remember, but Casa Hodel and Unchained Capital are the two companies that I've heard of. Now, Unchained Capital in a way is cheaper. Casa Hodel is like a monthly or annual subscription but it's really good. What's nice about Casa is they have an app on your phone, so it's a little bit easier to use, probably. I I know some people that have used it, and they're happy with it, but it is going to cost you, I think, $120 a year, and then that's not counting if you want to engrave your seed phrases on titanium, but you can go, and I'll link to Casa, and I'll link to Unchained. Um, If you want to do a multi-signature self-custody, I would strongly recommend Getting a demo with both CASA and with Unchained Capital. They have really good 30 minute demos. Unchained Capital also has this concierge service, kind of this onboarding, where now stick with me because this is a sticker shock, but it's $1,250. And they will onboard you, they will hold your hand through the whole process, and you can actually buy treasures and ledgers from them, and I think cold card as well. Again, I don't have any experience with the cold card, but it's supposedly even more technical and more secure than a Trezor not that a Trezor is insecure but it's definitely a step above on the security side you can get everything from Unchained Capital I still bought direct from the source I did not buy this service but what you get that is they will spend a couple hours with you setting up your devices the exact right way and you'll have someone to walk you through everything you'll basically generate two keys so you need two treasures or two ledgers or one of each but you need two hardware devices to get set up and then unchained is going to hold that third key so you control two and they control one and if you lose one that's okay you still have the other two and you can basically make a new key that will be your third key so that's how that works and then what they recommend from there is to distribute your keys geographically if possible so I have a trusted person out of state uh, where they have different natural disasters than what I have here, and I just feel like it's safer. I know where it is. I know it's in a gun safe several states away. So that's one key, and I have another key, and then Unchained has another key. So if I was ever in a pinch and a tornado hit my house, I would have to go to this other trusted person, and I would have to get that key. and. Unchained would have my key and I would get a third one and I would be back in business. I would not be out of luck because I had a single point of failure. I have a little bit of leeway here. Uh, Similarly, if they had a problem where the house burned down or something, and even though it's on titanium because I I engraved my seed phrase into crypto tags, uh, but if they had something where, let's say, it got stolen, well, I still have my Bitcoin and I can generate that third key. So this is a good way to really mitigate your risk. And like I said, CASA does it a little bit different, and they can even do a 3 out of 5 model, where instead of 2 out of 3, you have 3 out of 5, so there's even a little bit more leeway because you could lose 2 of your keys and still be able to function. And I'm not sure if CASA holds 2 of them and you hold 3, but anyway, it gets a little bit expensive because a treasure or a Ledger, I'm not sure exactly how much they cost, but it's somewhere around $100. So you're looking at that, and I bought 2 of them, um, and if you're buying the nicer models, you're pushing two hundred dollars a piece or one hundred fifty. So, you know, you're talking about spending around two hundred to three hundred fifty dollars on ledgers or treasures, depending on what you buy. And then, if you do as I recommended and and engrave your seed phrase in titanium or steel, you're spending another around a hundred dollars a piece. So. This is the hard part, and it is kind of expensive because, yeah, it took me about $400 to get set up, and that's a lot of money to a lot of people. You know, you always hear that survey that comes out every year that says 57% of people can't afford a $400 emergency or something like that, $600. Whatever the number or the percentage is, it's somewhere in that range. About half of the people in this country cannot afford an extra $400. So this is not cheap, and I would say if you are more price sensitive, um, obviously unchained, I told you that it's $1,250. They walk you through and they get you set up. But then what they do is they give you $1,000 of Bitcoin and put it into your account. And the reason why they do this is they want you to have at least $1,000 because if you have that amount of commitment, that $1,000 threshold they determined, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of my keys. I'm going to be serious about this. Otherwise, people kind of, don't pay attention, and maybe aren't quite so invested in the process. So I like that Unchained capital will do that, but you're basically paying $250 for them to walk you through the whole process in a couple of hours. Anyway, I just wanted to go over that at a high level. That is multi-sig, self-custody, and something to consider. You, you have to decide for yourself if it's $1,000 in Bitcoin, if it's $5,000 or $10,000, if it's a percentage of your net worth, maybe it's 10% of your net worth, and... You know, whatever threshold you set for yourself, you have to decide what level of self-custody you want to do. Now, I started out because I had some urgency with Celsius. I just bought a ledger at first, and then I put my Bitcoin onto that single device, and I generated the key and everything. And I was able to use that device when I moved it to my multi-signature. So what I had to do is I already had my ledger and one crypto tag, and I had to buy a Trezor. And that crypto tag, I generated that key and I set it all up with my existing ledger and my new Trezor. So you can do this step by step. It's not like you have to go full on multi signature right now. But if you are feeling pretty shaky, the most intermediate step I would say is Mon wallet. Yes, you could get hacked on your phone, but the initial setup on Mon wallet is really, really easy. I have received a little bit of Bitcoin in my Mon wallet because I wanted to test it out. I've got like 25 cents of Bitcoin in there, just tiny, tiny amount. And I haven't generated a seed phrase. And so that's not really smart, but I have like nothing in there. So it's fine for now. But if I get to where I have $50 in there, I'm going to want to generate that seed phrase. And so how it works is I can generate that seed phrase and I can write it down on paper. And maybe that's my temporary holding spot where I buy $50 of Bitcoin on strike and then I send it to Mun. And then at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter, you know, when I've got $600, maybe I transfer that out to my multi-signature place. But you can make it iteratively more secure. And if you have that seed phrase from Mun Wallet generated, you store that somewhere, whether on paper or metal. And that's the cheapest way to self-custody. If you are in a tight spot, get Mun Wallet and then order a crypto tag, generate a seed phrase, Engrave it into that crypto tag, store it somewhere safe. It's still a single point of failure, and yeah, it could get hacked on your phone, but just make sure that you always have your lock screen go on whenever your phone goes dark. Make it go dark quick, and just be really careful. Learn about SIM swaps and just how to keep your phone secure as possible. And that is a pretty solid solution for anyone that has the sense of urgency. Just get MonWallet, write down the words on paper, store it somewhere safe. Eventually, you can get a crypto tag, and eventually, you can get a treasure, And eventually, you can get a multi-signature system set up. So that's all I have. I've said what I wanted to say. It's still just so crazy. All the stuff that's coming out about FTX CEO, apparently the hedge fund that he owned, Alameda Research, also was front-running tokens. So basically, when FTX was going to list a token, the public had no idea. But his hedge fund was told what tokens they were going to list first. And so then the hedge fund could go in and buy up those tokens. And then when they list it to FTX, the public will go in and buy that too. And it's always bullish for a token. Whenever a new token lands on an exchange, like when Shiba Inu first landed on Coinbase, it pumps like crazy, or Dogecoin on Coinbase pumps like crazy. So a lot of times you get a new asset on there. It's bullish for that little token, whatever it is. And it's just crazy how they were insider trading between that. Uh, One other interesting tidbit is Edward Snowden was saying that he's starting to feel the itch to scale back into Bitcoin. And it's really funny because he got into Bitcoin a while ago, I think back in early 2017. And it wasn't long after that, that Bitcoin went crazy. So people are like, oh, wow, it's happening again. So we'll see if it goes crazy because Edward Snowden had impeccable timing. So that's pretty interesting that he's getting back into it. He's a super interesting guy, and I'd love to learn more about him. Uh, Let me just leave you with one thought, and this is from a guy named Lyle Pratt. I don't even know who this guy is exactly, but I saw this on Twitter. And he says that when you withdraw your Bitcoin and own your own keys, there are four good things that happen. The first thing is that you force exchanges to prove their reserves because you'll know if you are able to withdraw that Bitcoin to your own wallet or not. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that you're going to punish bad actor exchanges because they're going to collapse. The third good thing is you are actually going to force the price of Bitcoin higher by removing fake unbacked IOUs. So this is the whole thing is everyone with an FTX account was told that they have a certain amount, but instead what they had was an IOU because that money was not there and it's been gone somewhere else. So when an exchange that is running a Ponzi like this comes along you you are in a way making the market more real so this is kind of a hard concept but when an exchange is managing your keys and if they're not acting in an ethical way like FTX basically they are creating paper bitcoin they are creating bitcoin doesn't exist and they're crediting it to your account because obviously FTX did not have bitcoin in reserve equal to what all of the FTX customers thought that they had so when you withdraw Bitcoin from an exchange, you are forcing the price higher because you're you're getting rid of the fake Bitcoin that doesn't exist, that's just an IOU. And you are putting it in your own wallet where it cannot be manipulated and therefore you're making the price more accurate. And finally, you sleep peacefully knowing that no one can take your Bitcoin from you, at least not very easily. So there's really not a lot of downsides Besides, it's a little bit complicated, and there's some upfront costs if you want a multi-signature. There's a few issues. There's a few downsides like this. I do think that we are still waiting for a company like Apple that just makes Bitcoin super insanely easy for the masses because the self-custody thing is hard. It is a challenge. It's a new system. It's not something that people are used to. And it's it's kind of hard to understand. But that's my goal is to try and break this down and make it easy, make it simple. And like I say, I do coaching and you can schedule time with me on Calendly. If you want me to walk through some of these things with you, I'm more than happy to, to help you out and help you figure out the self-custody. But obviously, it's really sad. This whole situation is tough. FTX had less than $1 billion in liquid assets against $9 million in liabilities. And they even had this backdoor built into the accounting software what you use to move billions without triggering alerts to the other staff and auditors so many interesting crazy things that have happened with it, with this exchange and i really hope that it doesn't affect a lot of other people hopefully people are smart like you and are going to figure out self custody so once again i'm going to encourage you to take control of your future not your keys not your coins let me know if you need help grab some free bitcoin from striker swan if you feel so inclined and help keep the show growing. And remember that financial independence is doable, and I'll be back with you soon.